comes a lawsuit. It's just the perfect intro. Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today is March 2nd, 2020. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here today with Steve. Nope. Only Steve, because Connor's still on his space mission with Space Force. Yeah, yeah. It's I think they're bringing him back with all the coronavirus issues. Um, they're starting to pull money out of the NASA funds for those up in Mars trying to fight the good fight. And we've heard that he didn't even get to drop the flag. No, no, not yet. No. <sighs> yeah. So, I mean, besides that, did you hear anything new or interesting this week or see anything new or interesting? Yeah, spe- specify on the C. <laughs> um, it was interesting because my uh, friend recommended the show Narcos many and many a times. It's an original series on Netflix. Pretty much it's two series, Narcos, Narcos, Mexico. Um, there's three seasons in Narcos, and it pretty much sets the whole page for Pablo Escobar, the Medellin and Cali cartels. And I'm telling you, man, I just I watched all five seasons between both series, Narcos and Narcos, Mexico in a week. It's up there with Breaking Bad, um, Game of Thrones, first five seasons because the rest of it sucked. <laughs> um, the Wire. I mean, dude, it's just such a good show because it's it's real. Like now, this was all happening. Does it go anywhere into Fire Festival or anything? Like the island? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they get there. Yeah. <laughs> they talk about like, you know, one day I say there's gonna be a you know concert, it's not gonna go so well. And uh they predicted the future. Swing swing with the pigs, man. Yeah. <laughs> Gustavo Escobar, Pablo's cousin, predicted Fire Festival. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> But yeah, the Narcos and Narcos Mexico on Netflix, I'm highly, highly recommending watching that. Yeah, I got to get on that. It's this fucking is, excellent. Yeah, this is like the second time you told me I got to watch it. I definitely have to get into it's it. It's funny. I told you about it when I was like through season two. Now yeah. I've watched three more and I'm thinking it's, it gets better and better. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm going to have to get on that. Yeah. Um, This past week, I was, you know, messing around Spotify, Discover Weekly. I don't know if Apple Music has an equivalent to that. They probably do like suggested for you oh yeah 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 um i found this band called the trues t-r-e-w-s they have a song called hold me in your arms and like it's kind of like if like bad company came out now Mm -hmm. with like sammy hagar singing yeah I could I could agree with that. I I think it's cool sounding. It's I different. think I was listening to the instrumental. I think it's a little more heavier and I guess you could say technical than Bad Company, but it's the same kind of like rock and roll. Yeah, it's like yeah. a feel. Yeah, and the vocalist immediately reminded me of Sammy Hagar. It's just a better. <laughs> it's a more tolerable version to me of Sammy yeah. Hagar. I guess I'll say that. Like that, it's just different. Like you yeah. know. In a world full of Breaking Benjamins and Three Days yes. Graces and Nickelbacks, like yep. this is. Like, it's a nice, like, refresher, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's refreshing to hear a band that's like this. Yeah. 
I mean, that was like how Greta Van Fleet was for a period of time until they just got like super redundant. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Lumineers when they first came out before they started getting really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what I think. I mean, like when these bands come out and shit, I just feel like they like beat them into the ground. Yep. And, Come, and you like, hear them in commercials yep. and movie trailers, and then they keep releasing. Like, this, like I remember when Lumineers released that song, Ophelia. Yeah. And like, I liked their first album, and then that song, oh, like, just, yeah. I just kept hearing it on the fucking radio, and I'm like, oh my God. And now, like, um, like Greta Van Fleet's, what is it, a highway tune or whatever? It's yeah. on the FanDuel sports thing. Horrible. Like, when it was leading up to the Super Bowl, you heard that song at least 40 All times a commercial. Time. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. my. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so annoying. On this day in music history. And on this day in music history, we are March 2nd, 2020, 1974. Olivia Newton-John wins the Grammy for Best Female Vocal Country Performance for the song Let Me Be There. Uh, country veterans are miffed. Uh, but reach full outrage when she takes the CMA award for female vocalist of the year. I'd be mad. Yeah, because it's not traditional to the sense of being exactly yeah, for CMAs. Like I'm not a huge country fan, but that's like that'd be like the equivalent of like Drake. Yeah, the Olivia Newton job probably like, isn't the equivalent like Drake. of like Kesha. Yeah, Kesha winning a CMA. Yeah, of like a with People a country twang to their song. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, people will be mad. Yeah. Or no, Little Nas X rolling up and winning a fucking CMA for Old Town Perfect. Road. Perfect. That's exactly that what would it would be the be equivalency like. of today. I, I could understand why people would be mad. Yeah, and that's a genre where people that are really into it are they're really, like they're not your typical like what was that uh concert? XTU or Yeah, XTU. They're not they're like your generic like real country fans, yeah. dude. I mean, it was like what when uh, Jethro Tull beat out uh, Metallica. Metallica. <laughs> I mean, it, it's in the kind of same realm, but yeah, it's like it's, for hard rock song. It's rock and roll. Yeah, it's like, but even that caused a little bit of. Oh you fuck know, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, that <sighs> Olivia Newton-John was never known as a country. Music that's what I'm saying. Star, it's like, just very all. yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I and, can understand why they were mad. So here in 1978, Bill's favorite band of all time, uh, they have started their first ever U.S. tour. If you don't know who I'm referring to, the band is Van Halen, of course, um, as the opening act for Journey. Even then, they had the legendary brown M&M's provision in their contract. Do you know what this is? Yeah. Are you, are you aware? Of what? I'm not aware of this. So okay. Elaborate on this. So as a band goes out for tour... They have like a contract or like like a guideline book that goes out to every venue that they play in Van Halen's book. You know, like it like this is what we need for the stage or this is how many people you should have on your crew to construct this lighting or whatever. Van Halen in there said in their dressing room, they need to have a bowl of M&M's. No brown or all no, brown? No brown. All brown. No brown. No brown. Wow. And in the contract, it says that if they go in and find a brown M&M, they have the right to refuse Opt to play. contract. Yes. Because <laughs> David Lee Roth's idea was, and it's actually really <laughs> smart when you think about it, if they miss that part of the contract, what else did they miss? I guess, yeah. Like, so they did that more so as a ploy to like make sure that they were super precise in reading these contracts exactly. and making sure they're providing every exactly. Okay, because you have to think like, okay, 
you missed this brown M&M part. Now, what about if you missed the part that says this bolt needs to go mm-hmm. in this lighting fixture mm-hmm. and it fucking falls down and kills Eddie Van Halen? Yeah, it makes sense. You know? I thought it was because they were just super pompous and like really hated brown M and M's. Well, I mean, I guess to a point, David Lee Roth was probably super pompous as he still is now. But I mean, I I like to think of it in a real world aspect. It definitely makes sense because it's like, okay, if you miss this small little thing that's easily done, you could have missed anything else that could be more catastrophic. Yeah, when you put when you actually explain it like that, I was expecting it to be a different reasoning, but behind that, that's actually clever. Yeah. Very clever. And I mean, I don't know if there's any reported cases of them backing out of any shows because of it. Yeah, we would have to look in. That'd be interesting. To yeah, know it would be a cool fact. Like, I mean, they put it at the legendary brown M&M's yeah. clause. So obviously, I wonder if there were any mishaps where they fucked that part up. And then there would have had to have been for it to be like known. Yeah. You know legendary. what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that's another part of uh, rock folklore. You heard it. Well, I don't think you heard it here first, but no, I definitely didn't you got the explanation if you never well, heard it. Well, you heard I never it here heard first. It. I did. <laughs> so I'm one of those. 1983, the first CD players are released in America, along with 16 albums on CD. You know what's really interesting about this? See, we, we are in a world where it's like people had 160 gig iPods and we're like... Ugh. It's like not enough. I can hold 30,000 songs on here. I need more. You know what I mean? Nobody really understands. But it's interesting because I mentioned the show Narcos. They actually have that show happening during the time of when this occurred. Oh, okay. So there's actually a scene specifically where they're like all coked up and these two guys are drunk and they're jumping up and down and like, it doesn't skip. It doesn't, and they're like blown <laughs> away. So they start throwing their vinyls and just trashing them, like and just breaking That's crazy. them. Because it's like I now that I have a record player, it's interesting. It's on top of my um, my dresser, so there are times where I'm listening to an album and like I'll shut my dresser drawer and boom, like even It'll a little skip. bit skips a little bit. And like, granted, like I like the aesthetic, I like the you know the sound quality, but back then it's like. That's when I hear stories like, man, I wish I'd have kept my vinyls. But at the time, people were like, this shit's dead. Yeah. Like, this shit is dead. CDs are like the absolute future. And it's just, you never really think about that. Like, people yeah. are stoked that they could jump up and down and not have their music <laughs> skip. It's like I said before, like, um, you know, like, who would have thought in 1969 when the Camaro came out, yeah. it would be a car that's a six-figure or seven-figure car at the point oh, yeah. in time? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, who would have thought in 1983 that when the CDs came out, eventually we'd work our way back... To vinyl. To vinyl. Yeah. Well, that's also, too, like, some people still, like, carry, like, cassette players around, and then that's... Like, there's the whole hipster, you know... I think know, that's what Connor brought up to Mars. I'm pretty sure he did. He definitely brought an REM tape, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he brought... um. Dead letter. Dead letter. Uh, uh, office. Dead letter. Office. He's definitely listen to the song "Crazy." I'm sure. And uh, leafy incline by yeah, uh, leafy incline by Ted. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 1984. This is Spinal Tap is released in theaters, chronicling the hapless heavy metal band with exploding drummers and an amp that goes to eleven. It leaves some in laughter and some in tears. But this one goes to eleven. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've already pretty much really yeah. covered the shit out of this It's movie. a good movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it, bottom line. Uh, 1988, uh, probably arguably the greatest band of all time, U2, win their first Grammy Awards, taking album of the year and best performance by rock duo or group with vocal for The Joshua Tree. I, I mean, listen, we don't like U2, but we can't discredit what kind of album The Joshua Tree was. Well, that's... 
this is the thing. Like you two, I won't put in the same category as bands like Imagine Dragons, Nickelback, the whole generic sense of just bands that are like overplayed and just lack quality. Yeah. You two I can give some credit to, but mm-hmm. I think it's just the flamboyance of Bono and yeah. their like, you know, the pedestal they get put on. And that like the makes in it your faceness of them. Yeah, but the Joshua Tree, yeah, absolutely. I'll give credit to that. Yeah. And if it comes on even certain songs, even the title like I like I don't mind it. Yeah, but I'm never gonna actively like you know, go I'm out. Really and feeling you two right now. Exactly. Put on a U two album. Like I mean, you have to think about where they were at that point in their career. And the Joshua Tree, I believe the Joshua Tree was uh, produced by Jimmy Iovine too. And like that was like their first yeah. like big big thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, it it was a good album. Can't take it from them. Yeah, I'll give them that. 1989. Uh, the song Like a Prayer becomes the first hit song to debut in a commercial when it is used in a two-minute Pepsi ad starring Madonna. Now, what is this? Like three years after the Michael Jackson incident? The pep- what, for that commercial? For the Michael Jackson Pepsi commercial? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> there was no uh, fireworks this time. No fireworks. 2008, <laughs> Nine Inch Nails released their sixth album, almost entirely instrumental, uh, Ghost IIV. Well, it's one and one through four, one through four I guess yeah. it's considered. Yeah, it's all Roman numerals. As a free digital release, a concept they will revisit on with their next album, The Slip, in July. Physical copies are sold at regular price a few months after the digital releases. And this is what makes Trent Reznor like cool, you know? Yeah. It's just like, hey, at least you didn't have to pay for this. If you didn't like it, it was free. Yeah. But if you did like it, you could buy the physical copy. You know, the physical copy. Uh, you know, a few months after. Well, this is where it's like when we talk about digital streaming. When um, you know, especially recently with you know one of my favorite acts, I'm not going to name the name, when they outstreamed you know Taylor Swift. Hmm. It's interesting now they're able to recognize this because you figure album sales, physical copies. I'm sure at our all time lows compared to what they've been. Oh over my the past God, 20 yeah. years. Um, Even from 2008. Yeah. But like, like you said, with Trent Reznor, it's like he could have came out with the album in a physical copy and not leave it up to people to either a go out and, you know, download it illegally. Yeah. Get it from somebody else, rip it from somebody else or physically buy the copy, then release the digital streamings where it's like, all right, now I can get it free. But yeah, yeah I think that's good because me as an artist, fan and like actually liking bands if i like an album like all the vinyls that i've recently bought i fucking have on apple music yeah you but just i bought really them you want enjoy them. them yeah dude like i really like to actually own it. it like it's almost like trent reznor is like uh like i don't want to say before his time but he's definitely ahead of the curve on he, like, a lot sets of things. A, yeah, he sets a standard to a certain realm. I don't think, yeah, like he, he's not so um, innovative to the point where it's so unique, but he definitely has tendencies where he like kind of like sets a bar for people. Exactly. I, I definitely mean, can say that. I mean, it's kind of cool. Like, hey, you could just stream it now. Well, this is before streaming was even exactly. a thing. Like, stream it. Yeah. He like, probably like, came what? up with the fucking term. Let's be real. <laughs> What do you think? Do you think Tres Reznor <laughs> came out with the turn streaming? Get at us on our social medias. <laughs> 2014, 20 Feet from Stardom, a film about backup singers featuring Darlene Love and Lisa Fisher wins the Oscar for Best Documentary. Uh, Love gets a standing ovation when she sings a part of her acceptance speech. That's cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. That's, uh, that's a movie that's on our... Uh retainer for coming soon for us to review yeah because i've heard really good things yeah. and plus it just got an oscar 
Yeah. Well, not just got an Oscar, but, but in 2014. In 2014 anyway. So, yeah, six stay tuned. Yeah. You think about that. Like, oh, just in 24, but it's like six years ago, dude. That's like it's what? We're in the 20s now. Yeah. Think about legal adults were 12 years old at this point in time. Yeah. Oh, God damn. Ar- <laughs> 2014 also, Arby's buys the hat Pharrell Williams wore to the Grammys on eBay for, let's say this, a hat, mind you, $44,100. The fast food chain donates the hat, which resembles their logo, uh, to the museum in Washington, D.C. Money for the auction goes to the From One Hand to Another charity. That's fucking cool. Yeah. I get I mean, that. I, I guess the only reason Arby's bought it was because it looked like their logo. Yeah. Of course. I mean, it, and I don't know. I, I kind of remember this hat, but not like a hundred percent remember it. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was almost like like a um like on purpose thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, how do you like accidentally make a hat that looks like the Arby's logo? <laughs> yeah, I mean the Arby's logo <laughs> is not that generic to the point where it's like, oh shit, that kind of lo- like it's no, you're doing it, it on purpose. Yeah, it looks a little <laughs> like it. Yeah. Music news. Today in music news, March 2nd, 2020, the first thing we have here is the Gorillas song machine, the song machine theme tune sparks rumors of a new album. Uh, they released a 24-second snippet appropriately titled Song Machine Theme Tune. The brief instrumental uh, features a spacey hip-hop-infused techno vibe ending with a simple, simple gong. Um, supposedly the cartoon group will be collaborating with UK rapper slow thigh and UK band slaves on the new single. Um, a single may possibly be played on radios. One future sounds with the Annie Max show during her Annie Max hottest record of the week on radio one on Thursday, according to a tweet from the version, which has since been deleted and yet to be confirmed by BBC one radio. Um, with all this going on, the gorillas have yet to confirm anything. Um. Yeah. So I guess check it out. Are you a fan of the Gorillas? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I always thought they were pretty cool. I mean, I've always liked Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I was like, gonna say their cool their first shit. album because I think I was a Blur. I was a huge Blur fan, and I didn't realize obviously the singer from Blur. You know, yeah, the singer for Gorillas. Um, but yeah, see the thing about Gorillas is, is I have a friend who's younger, but he's like your stereotypical deadhead. Yeah. All about DMT, mushrooms, <laughs> acid. And I remember this one time he was like telling me to download a Gorillaz album. It was like their most recent. And like the only thing I was really familiar was um, obviously like, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood, their first album. What the fuck is it? Something Inc.? Oh, um, what the fuck? Feel is Good Inc. Feel Good Inc. You know, like I was familiar, obviously, with those songs. And then like because of that, I could hear. But dude, the one album I download from them. It's fucking out there. Was it? It's fucking out there. <laughs> and it's it's cool because they kind of like really transcend genre. You can't really like place a thing. Like they say like yeah. trippy hip hop and stuff. But then yeah. they have more of like a hard rock vibe with a hip hop vibe with a yeah. very ethereal like trippy vibe. Then it's like we said with Clint Eastwood. Like that shit's like just like a full blown rap song. Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, like Gorillaz again, like I don't, I don't love them, but... I definitely don't mind. Like, I'll listen to it. Oh, hell and yeah. come out with new music, I'll listen to it. Yeah. I definitely. feel the same way. Yeah, man. Um, You know, I'm excited to hear what they have going on. Yeah. Next thing here in music news is Eminem earns his 10th straight number one album. Music to be murdered by the latest by the 47 year old rapper topped the Billboard charts after a surprise release 
becoming his 10th straight album to debut at number one, the most of all time, and one better than Kanye West, who has an active streak of nine. Watch out, M. Kanye's coming for you. Yeah, you don't like that shit. <laughs> the Eminem album, which dropped without warning on January 17th, earned the equivalent of 279,000 units, according to uh, Nielsen Music, including 117,000 in album sales and 218 million streams. That was a drop from the rapper's 2018 album, Kamikaze, which debuted with a total of uh, 434,000 units, including... Uh, 252,000 in sales and 226 million streams. I think the thing with Kamikaze was it was on the heels of the entire um, uh, MGK thing. So yeah. I think more people were enticed to like, what does he got to say? Well, and the other thing too is you have to think he released Revival and that blows. Yeah. So it was just like, all right, well now he's now he just dropped this shit out of nowhere. So yeah. this has got to be good. Yeah. And you know. It took a little bit to grow on me, but I really enjoy Kamikaze now and uh, Music to Be Murdered by. I like that, too. Yeah, they're good. Um, I'm not going to go out and say that it's his best. Yeah, no way. One and of the best. No, nah, I wouldn't even put it. Dude, I mean, this is the thing. Like I said, when we had that whole conversation, there's like before Encore and after Encore. Like everything yeah. kind of is like separated by that one album because that was like the huge game changer. And if you notice, and he had that whole Rocky Road and came back with like Relapse Revival uh marshall mathers lp2 and mm -hmm. like some good work um but yeah music to be murdered by it's good but dude you can't put it close to like eminem show no some shady or marshall mathers like it's just it's just a different standard no. of eminem i agree yeah um now i i like to think encore like never happened yeah like if encore never happened honestly his like trajectory would have been so much more like clearer. Yeah. Because like, I mean, honest to God, at the end of the day, relapse and recovery aren't that bad. But the reason why they seem worse than the Eminem show is because he started this downward spiral yeah. with Encore. There's too much expectation. Exactly. Because Eminem show, man, um, it was just too good. Yeah. If you figure like Slim Shady and Marshall Mathers LP, there's a lot of songs on there that kind of get a little too much for people. Eminem show was just front to back like real rap like really yeah. stepped away i mean like other uh, other than like uh my dad's going crazy i mean he stuck away from that like that hardcore i mean you figure like white america square dance mm -hmm. like he got really like political with things um and it was just he that was like really the peak of his game yeah you know and then like like you said on encore is like the equivalent if like after and justice for all metallica released lulu you know what no I, mean? I wouldn't say lulu i'd say maybe like Saint Anger. Uh, no, not even. No, I honestly, I think if they went from Injustice directly to Reload, because Reload okay. isn't horrible. Yeah, but it's definitely not as good as the shit. I just have it. really distaste for uh, Encore. Encore. <laughs> yeah, it's Lulu. <laughs> I mean, there's that is the Lulu of the Eminem career. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple good songs on Encore, but I don't go out of my way to listen to any of them. Uh, like ass like that was funny when it first came out. I mean, music video dude, was he funny. wrote a song called "Fac." Like, <laughs> dude, come on, man! It was just so goofy. Yeah, like Toy Soldiers was good though. <sighs> yeah, but that's different. That's like that was like the one song <laughs> that like he actually tried. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, but Lulu was just horrible. Though. <laughs> Lulu right, was right. bad. I'll, I'll accept. Reload. I, I would. All right, I'll accept. Reload Revival is Lulu. 
I, I don't know about that. Really? I don't think Revival is as bad as Encore. I think Encore is that bad. Well, right, what about if Revival and Encore load and reload? That's fine. Because I don't think I'll Eminem has done I'll take a Lulu yet. Revival like, will be low to me. Okay. Yeah. Because, dude, Lulu is like a whole nother <laughs> yeah. level. Like, well, you said act like it didn't happen. Like, <laughs> like, I'm talking about, like, you would go to Garage Days Inc. Part 2 before you would mention, like, a Lulu. You know what I mean? Like, that's, like, not even in the discography. You actually have to go on Wikipedia and, like, click on Total Discography. It's not even on there. You got to click, like, the secret page. Like, <laughs> you have to actually click on Lou Reed's name for collaboration, go through his discography. He's dead now. We can put this on here. Yeah. This is part of his work. Metallica's like, we don't want that yeah. on our page right now. Lars is like, listen, I'm making business decisions. Guys. Yeah, we don't want this part of our discography. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, last thing here in music news is uh, Motley Crue and Def Leppard Trek has already sold a million tickets. Um, could this be the summer's big tour? So far, the tour has grossed 130 million dollars and another five million worth of VIP seats. Uh, managers and agents have said. Um, the tour is set to start June 18th in Jacksonville, Florida. So from being somebody that has seen both of these bands yeah. live, they were both extremely good when I saw them. Yeah. But from the recent shit that we have heard from Vince Neil, yeah. I'd, I wouldn't pay the money to see them. Well, this is, and I think this is a good story to kind of tie into the topic. So like main topic we want to like, kind of like focus on, you have a band. Let's start like, let's just use an example of Motley Crow. Yes. They've created a legacy. Yep. Right. Um, now granted this is a different tone where it's like they're going on tour but then you have bands similar to this that consistently and like we'll bring up Ozzy Osbourne as well who just released his new album a few weeks ago Ordinary Man yeah and it's like when at some point do you say like just because it's Ozzy just because it's Motley Crue just because it's Def Leppard just because it's Stone Temple Pilots as a name like when do you sit there and say like all right, this stuff's just not good it's not worth the money it's just not quality and like you got to stop paying for the name. Stop paying exactly. for the legacy. I mean, I've said it for a while, like after uh, like Ozzy's Black Rain. Yeah. I said that like after that, that it should have been It was like, even like, uh, what, 13 by Black Sabbath? Yeah. I mean, I mean, like that album, it's just so average. And this is where it's Yeah, like, but that was set to be like the last one. Yeah. Like they, like they flat out said like, this is it. Yeah. And like, it's just interesting. Like when we talk about this, you know, this Motley Crue show, honestly... And I'm not even a huge Def Leppard fan. That's probably yeah. the one band I'd be excited to see out of those two. But the amount of money that they're getting in sales, the amount that they fucking charge yeah. for tickets. It's like... It's stupid. Bro, like, how how much do you really like Motley Crue that you're willing to like budget to go yeah. see them for an hour and a half to watch Vince Neil up there blow his trachea bad. out? Like, Jesus Christ, yeah. dude. It's... Like I said, dude, when I saw them, I saw them at Crewfest... Then I saw them when they played with who else did they play with Poison. Yeah. And like Poison was actually incredible. Poison yeah. fucking blew them out of the water, dude. Yeah. It was ridiculous, like how good they were. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean like it wasn't bad, but I definitely wouldn't go out of my way to spend that kind of money to see Motley Crue. Well, it's even like um because this is this is kind of where my idea started. So like I'll talk about Sepultura, right? So Sepultura with like Max Cavalera, like in the early days with like yeah. uh, Morbid Visions, you know, Beneath the Remains, Schizophrenia, Arise. Arise is just one of those thrash 80s 
early 90s records that's just a staple. Like, if you're listening to Thrash, that's going to get recommended at some yeah. point. And then I heard a new song that released on a few days, actually a few weeks ago now, and um, I, I said something about it. I was like, man, this is just such a shame. Like, you're really just using this band name, producing music, and, like, just this is a whole new fan base now. Mm-hmm. And, like, somebody, like, we just is, like, this back-and-forth bullshit on social media where it's like, you know, you need to get over it. Those days are over. But like, I'm like, I get that. That's fine. Yeah. But, like, you're taking the name Sepultura, and then it's like this creates this fan base where it's like, I want to go see Sepultura. You know what I mean? I want to go see Arise era music. I, like, that's, they, they've been around since the 80s. But yeah, now they're exactly. releasing new music, and it's like, people are like, oh, it's great. This is awesome. But it's like, if this was a different band, totally different band name, who the fuck's this band? This is trash. Yeah, exactly. This you know? sucks. Isn't Max Calvera not in Sepultura anymore? Yeah. He did Cavalera Conspiracy. And Soulfly. And Soulfly. So this is literally an entirely different band. Pretty now. much. So both brothers aren't even in the band anymore, and they're doing Soulfly. Yeah. And it's just one of those things like just give it up. Yeah, and it's this is where it's like Like it it isn't the same band anymore. Yeah. And this is where I really respected like, you know, if you're not familiar like the band Joy Division. Yeah. After Ian Curtis died as a band, they didn't feel comfortable continuing releasing new music even though they very easily could have found a new singer like some bands do. Yeah, exactly. And carry the name and like use it as the product. But then they went out and made New Order. They released new music and they have just as much respect in that scene as Joy Division. But yeah. it's a cool fact. These are all the guys from Joy Division. Yeah. Listen to New Order. You know, it's if if you went out because Sepultura only remains of two remaining members and two of those members, I guarantee you, unless they were named Cavalera, you don't know their fucking names. Exactly. Um, and they're releasing music and it's the same thing with Stone Temple Pilots. Even Guns N' Roses doing their whole reunion tours. Like, you're selling a product at this point, yep. but what are you getting in return? <sighs> Actually, you know what's funny? Because I heard it on the radio. Speaking of Guns N' Roses reunion, they're coming to uh, Citizens Bank Park yes. in July. Do you yeah. know who's opening for them? Who? Smashing Pumpkins. That's fucking weird. That's what I said. I'd rather see Smashing Pumpkins, to be honest with you. I've seen Smashing Pumpkins, like, recent shit, like, yeah. on YouTube. Dude, they're fucking insane yeah. live. They're yeah. really good. Yeah. But, yeah, like, if Guns N' Roses were to put out a new album, like, yeah, I'd, I'd probably listen to the first single. And that's the thing. I then would that would be too. it. It's Like, let's just, like, this whole thing is on the premise because Ozzy Osbourne just released his new album. Exactly. You're diehard Ozzy fan. I wasn't a fan. I'm Yeah, exactly. And I'm a huge Black Sabbath fan. I love Ozzy's earlier shit with Rhodes. Yep. I like some of the stuff, you know, with Zach Wilde. I mean, I'm a more of a Rhodes fan. Yeah. But then the, you think about how this spawned. He does this, you know, collaboration with Post Malone. All of a sudden, we have yep. this idea of a new album. Yeah. Now, I was like reading things where I saw pictures of it because I forgot that it released and people out there buying the vinyl, buying the CD. Yeah. Talking about like, it's not that bad. Oh, it's actually pretty good. I'm enjoying it. But again, take Ozzy out of the equation. Yeah, exactly. You know, take the legacy out of the equation. And rarely at some point where you can like, all right, I'll listen to the singles. I'll definitely check it out. But is it really that good where you're going to go invest $20, $30 no. in you know, a physical Absolutely copy? Absolutely not. The last album that Ozzy did that I feel like that was worth any kind of real money was No More Tears. Yeah. Like, you know, he only had a, a couple albums after that. Like, he had um, Osmosis. Then, you don't like Osmosis? It's, yeah, right? As a whole, no. Yeah. I mean, Perry couple Mason's a cool yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and Dreamer. Dreamer's good, too. Yeah. Um, but then after that, you know, he had Black Rain. 
and I saw him on that tour and it was incredible. Mm. And I feel like that was like at the last like time where like Ozzy was worth his weight yeah. in an album and live. Yeah. Cause then I didn't see him on the scream tour. Cause I was protesting. Cause Zach wild wasn't in there anymore. I was like, this is bullshit. Who the <laughs> fuck is this Gus G bitch? Oh, God. And then, um, you know, well then obviously I just saw him uh, two years ago when he came through to Camden on the yeah. no more tours tour. tours. Yeah. And, um, then I, once I heard, you know, I heard the post Malone song. I was like that, this is cool. Like, it's definitely cool, you know, they're doing, like, another, like, fucking, you know, like, uh, Kanye West and Paul McCartney thing. Like, whatever. This is neat. Yeah. But then, like, as as the other songs started coming out, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then, like, oh, he did a song with Elton John. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me hear this. And I think I said it before, Ozzy doesn't sound like Ozzy. Yeah. Ozzy sounds like a computer trying to be Ozzy. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, it's just not worth it to me. Well, that's why I'm saying, like, um, I mean, there's just so many bands out there right now where it's like, I can I can get the idea. Like, if people haven't seen Motley Crue, huge fan, go spend the money. You yeah. Know, just go have the experience. I did the same thing with Bob Dylan. Um, you know, I'm, we're planning on going to see Megadeth soon. Yep. Like, I've never seen them, so I would like to see them. Even if the I have seen them, they were amazing. and they were excellent. And I think that's the genre of music and like the style. Like a lot of these bands establish themselves as being these really like flamboyant, you know, just out there, like a real like entertaining show. And like as you yep. get older, you can't do that. So when you go see a band like Megadeth, like if these guys are still playing their instruments well, like that's what you're expecting to see. And plus, they're not really like a huge, like running around energy. That's what type I'm saying. Band. Yeah, like, you're just, just stand there and get that shit done. And that's how they develop to the idea like you're listening to the music and, you know, you're in the pits and it's just that that's what you want. That's exactly. what you're paying for. And it's funny because to go see, you know, Lamb of God, Megadeth, it's going to be probably a fraction of the price it would be to go sit in bleacher seats to go listen to Def Leppard and Motley Crue. Mm-hmm. And of which we'll put on the better show, I'm sure. Lamb of God. Exactly. And Megadeth. Yeah. And, and In Flames. And like, yeah, I forgot. And Trivium. Trivium. Um, that's going to be a fuck, Dude, that's a stack show right it there. It is. It's going to be insane. It is. And here's another thing. Like, even In Flames is another one of those bands. Mm-hmm. You know, after their early years in like the late 80s and the 90s with the Gothenburg scene, now they release this really corey, goofy-ish sound music. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't listen to it. You know what I mean? I still like but in they flames. Play all the old shit like off colony. Exactly. And stuff, like, or like just a race. Yeah. Lunar exactly. strain. I'm cool with that. But again, I'll still go see them. And that's why I can agree. But there are probably people that are going to see Motley Crue for like their 20th time. Yeah. And probably paying big dollar to see it. If you enjoy it. Hey, that's great. Yeah. Power to you. Yeah. And I had the huge issue when Fear Inoculum came out. Yeah. Like people were like, do you really like this album? Or is it because it's by Tool? And for a long time, I had to fucking sit on that and be like, yeah, it is good. Yeah. But it's not like like how people may have seen best tool album of all time. Like, no, stop. I, I wouldn't Just say that at all. Stop. I mean, like, I like it. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But like, I wouldn't put it on over Enema. Yeah, no, hell no. Or even Ladder 10,000 Alice? Days. Yeah. Ladder House, Undertow. Fuck out of here. <laughs> no. But it's like, that's the difference with like a band like that. They, they have such a small discography. But yeah. if you think of Turns of Ozzy Osbourne. You're going to tell me right now you're going to put on Ordinary Man before Diary of a Madman? <laughs> like, like I mean, it's just the way well, people Well, I mean, talk. even if you go into the perspective of how many albums he's had, like, from Black Sabbath until now, it's yeah. probably well over 25 oh, albums. Fuck yeah. I mean, how many albums does Black Sabbath have? Like, nine? Yeah. 
or thirteen. Well, I mean, if this you're thirteen, yeah, if you're including though uh, with the with James Roddy James Dio era. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, well, you they got only mob had rules. You got Heaven and Hell, Heaven and, and Hell. you got um, what the fuck is it called? Who's the other guy that sung for him too? Another guy. Yeah, don't you remember after Roddy James Dio on Born Again? Really, Ian Gillian. Oh, Ian Gillen. oh, yeah, but he was so short lived. He was though. the one album though. He's on Born Again. Yeah, and then Ryan James Dio comes back in '92 for Dehumanizer. Mm-hmm. That's the last Sabbath album until Ozzy comes back and does Thirteen in 2013. Yeah, but it's just again. See, this is the. Th- I'll, I'll totally agree. Like, if you want to go listen to the album because of who it is, exactly, it, you're gonna do it. And it's, I, it has a legacy that. behind it. Yes, but at what point you can't sit there and like. Like, you know, Eminem releasing his new album. This is this is his top albums of all time. Like, get no. the fuck, like, like be realistic. Exactly. Because it's new, it's fresh, you haven't heard anything from a long time, you have a lot of respect for the artist, but at some point, it's like, even talking about movies, like that movie The Irishman that was on Netflix. Yeah. If that movie was done without Martin Scorsese and without Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro and give a shit about nobody it. would give a fuck. That movie was so generic, so dry. So long. So long. <laughs> I felt myself fucking aging through the. I've never had a movie where I had to take like an, a full on intermission to the point where I was like, I'm gonna wait till tomorrow to finish this. Yeah, I was gonna say, didn't you break it up into two days, dude? And I recommended it to someone. He did the same fucking thing. It took him three days or so to finish the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's no coincidence. It's just again, it's at some point the name itself can only carry so much weight before you can honestly admit like it's not good. Yeah, and it's, you know, going yeah. back to a legacy thing in like my favorite band, Van Halen, yeah. when they released a different kind of truth in in 2012, you have to think this is the first Van Halen album with David Lee Roth yeah. since 1984. That was with Tattoo on it, right? Yeah. Remember, you know, and dude, like I remember cuz MMR was like Release the new Van Halen single today at five o'clock. And I was like, oh, my God, me and Eric were driving. We were delivering a golf cart. And I was like, we pulled up to the customer. and It was like like 455. I was like, there's no way we're going to be done in five minutes. So we're going to wait right here. We waited and I heard tattoo and I'm not going to lie. I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) I was like, what? I said, this is a joke. Like, there's no way this is real. And they're like, the new Van Halen single. single. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, it was like Pierre Robert. Like, oh, and that was the new Van Halen single. And I was like, what? And then the album came out. And I was like, you know, at that point in time, I was like, oh, my God, it's new Van Halen album. Let's hear it. And then I listened to the whole thing. And I wanted every part of me wanted to love it. Yeah. But I couldn't. This was the thing. I just like, absolutely feel this weird need to like justify it. Like yep. it's your best friend that everybody hates. Exactly. But you're just like I like I well, have to defend at it. At that point in time, all, all my friends did hate Van Halen. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, man, it's not Trying horrible. Trying to break down every exactly. fucking part of it. But then you're sitting alone, like, God. <laughs> I can't. I'm even like go the on vocal anymore. harmonies are I can't good. Even go on anymore. But like I said, on that album, there was that one song, Blood and Blood and Fire, Blood yeah. and Water, Blood and Fire. That was actually good, but it wound up being an outtake from 1984. So it was like, no shit, it was good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that just goes into it. Like, honestly, like you with Tool and me with Van Halen, it's yeah. like the exact same thing, except Tool's album is actually good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's another thing too, because um, I had never seen Tool when I paid the money. Like, I got my money's worth, right? Yeah. And you can physically, and this is where I think streaming itself has become really excellent because you figure a lot of these bands we're talking about were in their prime between anywhere of like late 60s, 
early 80s, you know, early 90s. Yep. Um, so nowadays, if you think back then, you had to buy the CD. There was no fucking internet, no computers. Yeah. So then you like, like if you think about then, those were releasing new albums in their prime and it was exciting. And I think the same thing comes from the younger fans of older bands where it's like, luckily now, it's cool. If you want to stream Ordinary Man, you're getting it for free or for whatever monthly payments you're paying to Spotify, yeah. Apple. You have that luxury. Who knows? It might get you into older Ozzy. Exactly. And that's fucking cool. But this is the thing with the Motley Crue show. You figure now you can YouTube Motley Crew of mm-hmm. recent era, and if you're willing to spend more than a hundred dollars for that shit, shit, a hundred dollars. That's what I'm saying. Like, what the? That's fuck? gonna get you lawn. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, like to me, Motley Crew is one of those like MMRBQ bands where yes. you get your four pack of lawn seats yes. for fifty bucks. Yes, that's what. And that's I'd be fine. What Motley Crew is. And I'd to be me. okay with that. Yeah, because you know you're going to get a show, yeah. and chances are if Motley Crue's headlining, you're going to at least get one or two openers that are pretty decent. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean... I then- think also, too, with those types of bands, it's like the more you drink, the more enjoyable it'll become. Yeah. I guarantee you if every single person you heard that, that oh, that Motley Crue show was so awesome, probably had a blood alcohol content of like 0.2 or higher. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I just, I'm telling yep. you right now, like if you can watch those videos, stone face sober and said, I'm willing to pay a hundred dollars for that. Like get nope. the fuck out of here. I, like you're paying for a name. Well, that's even that's like with the whole, like uh, the new, the David Lee Roth going out and doing that yes. solo shit. Yeah. I've sent you the videos. Oh, You've yeah. seen them. Like, dude, he's opening for Kiss yep. on this new tour, and he's also playing fucking Firefly. Yeah. And I had Connor over here the other day, and me and him were watching the videos that I sent you, and he's like, he's like, no, nah. he's like, no. Yeah. He's like, is this a soundtrack? I said, no. Yeah, dude, said, this is it. This is what people are paying it's for. Bad. And he's like, he's like, oh shit! I didn't even realize it was this bad. Yeah. He said, I'm sorry for trying to get you to go to Firefly. Especially if you're not like front row and like you can't really physically see the band members, and you're just listening, and like you know you like if you haven't seen the band live, but you've seen videos or heard the studio, you have like an idea of how the song is going to go in your head, and you're excited. Exactly. Like like, I was watching like videos of like Guns N' Roses recently, and listening to Axel. Just Mm -hmm. like that's a voice you just can't keep up for a very long time, sir. Hell no. Like sorry, the those uh, (laughs) that larynx ain't keeping up with you, my friend. Well, that's the thing. Like you see people like you know like Robert Plant and shit. Yeah. Like he's got another one of those type of voices. Yeah. But he took care of it. But also, you don't see fucking Led Zeppelin out there. Now, granted, there's a lot of disputes and shit. Yeah. But you don't see like they could very easily just call reunion with Jason Bonham. Mm-hmm. And people are paying a lot of money to fucking see oh, that. Oh, fuck yeah. But it's just like, they don't. And I think as an artist, it's like, what kind of quality are you going to provide for your fan base? Well, it's funny you say that because I heard, um, what was it? Jason Bonham was on the Howard Stern show. And then that video direct me, directed me to another video that was Robert Plant doing an interview, mm. which directed me to another Jason Bonham video <laughs> where they said... That after John Bonham died, there was a rumor about doing a reunion tour. Yeah. And Robert Plant and the members of Led Zeppelin were like, absolutely not. Yeah. We will never tour well, with him. Well, they fucking hate each other now. They yeah. have like a huge like inner feud between them. But like again, it's like Guns N' Roses right now. I mean, even the Misfits, when they reunited for the first time with that original lineup aside from their drummer for 33 years. Yeah. You know, it's just, again, it's like, what quality are you getting? You know, and it's the amount of money you're willing to spend just for a first time watch to understand. Like, I paid $40 to go see Bob Dylan at Monmouth University. I was in the same room with Bob Dylan. Would I ever do it again? 
fuck no. <laughs> the music was horrible. Yeah. But I was there. I saw Bob Dylan live. I can just say it. And when people ask me, like, oh, that's cool. How was it? I'll be honest. Shit sucked. Yeah, it sucked. It's fucking bad. But again, it's, it's like... as good as you think it would be. Yes. And I think nowadays with the scorching prices of you know tickets, it's like at some point you have to rationalize that you're feeding into these artists to allow them to charge that price because you're going to fucking buy it. It's like yep. when a new iPhone comes out every year. You got the 11. Oh, shit. The 12's coming out. Yep. My phone could last for another 30 years if I take care of it, but I need this new <laughs> one. And, you know, these are people that are, like, working poor, too. These ain't your Jeff Bezos-type individuals no. out there fucking spending this money. It's like, come well, on, Jeff man. Bezos guys are fucking rolling around with, like, uh, Motorola razors. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, wearing like Skechers slip-ons and shit, not Did buying two hundred picture of fucking Jordans. Bill Gates like at the hamburger stand. Yeah, dude, stand? it's the same thing with Warren Buffett. They yeah. look like they shopped at the thrift store in the nineteen nineties, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's like normal ass people. Yeah, and but this is the thing, man. It's just, I think with artists, um, you really got to get to a point like Stone Temple Pilots. I mentioned them. Allison Chains is a one that I can kind of be okay with because they're like doing justice. And yes. Jerry Cantrell still being there as a predominant writer for the music, I give a lot of credit because, again, that band wasn't Lane Staley. No. You know, but he was a prominent figure. Lane, I like to say, is a good like 40% of Allison Chains. Absolutely. I would totally agree with that. Jerry, Jerry is easily the 60% well, or more. Yeah. I mean, Sean I mean, Kenny, obviously, you can kind of place him as a yes. bit of there. But yeah, it was really Jerry Cantrell was like the mastermind behind the, you know, everything pretty much about it. But he Lane Staley, everything. Yeah, but Lane Staley, obviously, just being that four figure. Yeah. Takes a huge chunk out of the band, but they're able to progress. I think when you mentioned Stone Temple Pilots, like Scott Weiland was that band. Let's yeah, be familiar. He was. Like the instrumentals are great. The musicians mm -hmm. are good. But. Dean DeLeo is a good guitar player. There's yeah. no question about it. Absolutely. But it's nothing that was like super groundbreaking. Yeah. And even when they reunited with Scott, dude, and I saw him on that tour, yeah. it wasn't good. Yeah. Like he was all strung the fuck out and shit, reading Alice in Wonderland yeah, right, on right. stage. Like, dude, it was nothing insane. But I think also, too, like when we talk about those bands like not being groundbreaking, like as Stone Temple Pilots was kind of part of that scene, but they weren't your Alice in Chains. They weren't your yeah. Nirvana. And Think about like put it in this perspective, Pearl Jam. Now, yeah. Pearl Jam formed because, you know, when Andrew Wood died and Mother Love Bone dissolved, you know, Mother Love Bone never made enough, you know, of a ruckus in that scene to be like, okay, like this band will be nothing now. Yeah. But when they were formed, they didn't continue as Mother Love Bone. Nothing. And as of this An present entirely time, new band. you want to talk about like 40, 60%, I would say Eddie Vedder's what, 80% of that band? Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, if he goes. And I'm telling you, they put a new vocalist in there. Are they going to go out as Pearl Jam and be charging $364 for fucking cheap tickets? Nope. No way. No. No fucking Absolutely way. Absolutely not. They and couldn't. Like, yeah, and that's what Stone Temple... Like, I get emails about Stone Temple Pilots coming to a city near you. Fuck that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong, dude, but... Stone Temple Pilots, I will watch their videos on YouTube. Absolutely. And, and I'll even check their new music. If something comes exactly. out, it's good. And Jeff Gutt, dude, he's good. Like, he sounds like Scott. But that's the thing, though. He sounds like Scott. Yeah. And Scott is It's Scott. like you're getting the fucking Walmart brand, like... um like you get your fucking Mountain Dew and then you get your, you know, mountains of Dewage. Like, you know, like you get those like off brand kind of fucking what was the one? It's like uh like Mountain Freeze. Yeah, it's or like something. this was I was the one I'm thinking. you know the one I'm thinking yeah, of. It's like uh yeah. what the hell is it? There's Mountain Dew, but then it's like 
Mountain Thunder. Mountain Thunder. Mountain yeah, Thunder. that's what you know. What I mean, that's like what you're getting now, and it sucks because again, it's like I don't think it's a problem if they want to continue that route, and yeah. I'll stream your music. I'll pay my monthly fees and listen to whatever I can. And if it's good, you know, that's where I make that judgment. But I'm never going to be like, I'm going to see Stone Temple Pilots. And in the back of my head, knowing that I haven't listened to anything since fucking like purple. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what else? I mean, and I don't want to discredit anything that the late great Vinnie Paul has ever done. Yeah. But going from Pantera to Damage Plan. Okay. But then going Damage Plan to Hell Yeah. Yeah. You weren't a fan of Hell Yeah, were you? Not really. Me either. Were yeah. you? A, were you a Damage bigger plan? fan of Damage Plan? Yeah, oh yeah. But were you as big of a fan as Pantera? Pantera? Fuck no, not even close. Exactly. But again, <laughs> you, you don't get to use them as the comparison because if I'm going to see Vinnie Paul in Damage Plan, they have a discography to say I'm seeing Damage Plan. Yeah, but you have to think on the first Damage Plan tour. Yeah, it's based off the fact that it's the brothers from Pantera, of course. And it's like and one that's of those fine. things. But I'm saying it's like that's like right now if Phil Anselmo went out with their whole different cast and was playing Pantera. Well, apparently, hold on. I've read that Rita Haney has given her stamp of approval because I don't know what her stamp of approval actually means in yeah. the Pantera camp, but that she gave the stamp of approval to Phil Anselmo to tour as Pantera with Rex Brown, Zach Wilde on guitar. And another drummer. See, like that's where I get really upset because it would be as a tribute. And if you, yeah, but if you establish as a tribute act, yeah, that's cool. That that's would be fine. Cool. But if you go out there as Pantera and imagine that these guys released a new Pantera album, oh, and when you look up Pantera shit. discography, Zach Wilde after reinventing the steel, there's another album and yeah. no dime, no Vinny. Yeah, that's where I kind of get like, that's cool. Go out there as a tribute act, allow people to hear the same songs live, at yep. least see one of the prominent figures. Because Pantera is a band where it's like, they I would say they're almost all 33%. Yeah. I mean, every single you one of them. You couldn't have that band without either one of them. Yeah, but well, I mean, obviously the prominent three, I would say. I mean, Rex Brown is kind of... I mean, he's... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but like you take Dime out of the mix, you can't do Done. it. You take just Vinny out of the mix, you can't do it. No. And Phil, he, he, he can't do it. Yeah, well, we've seen what Pantera was without him. Yeah. How was it? <laughs> I mean, come on. I can, I'd can. rather just watch instrumentals at that point. Yeah, and then we've also seen what Pantera would be without Dime and Vinny. Exactly. Down. Yes. Or yeah, uh, Super Joint Ritual. Yeah. Rex Brown was in that. But right? again, it's like... If I'm going to go up there and I'm going to hear like Mouth for War, mm. and, you know, and fucking, you know, Shredded, yeah. and like Five Minutes Alone, great song, by the way, Five Minutes Alone. Yeah, yeah I know. Sorry about that, everybody. Thank um, you, uh, Warner Brothers uh, Records. Yeah. Don't worry, we got you. Anyway, um, but yeah, if I was hearing all that shit and it was like Zach Wilde up there. Yeah. Because Zach Wilde, it's easier to sell on the point because he has a fan base. Yeah. But again, if well, it's that in- and it's been known that him and Dimebag were best friends exactly like but imagine if they were became a band name themselves pantera because they got the stamp of approval and then you go and see a live set 12 songs are all your classic pantera songs and then there's four songs off their new pantera album yeah that would be fucking weird it would be weird. it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work yeah it would be weird that's like if fucking chris and dave got together and released a new nirvana album are you fucking kidding me well, I mean, they kind of did that with uh, with Paul McCartney. Remember, they wrote a new song. Yeah, but 
I mean, they're not going out there touring as yeah, Nirvana exactly. with a, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I mean, that's that's where it's like with Motley Crue, for instance. You know, if the you know Guns and Roses and stuff, it really comes down. Like I said, it's just really frustrating with the amount of money they can charge, and that's really doing part of who they are. Yep. Not what they're doing today, not the quality of music they're putting out. And I get they've done a lot in their fucking careers. They established themselves. Yeah. But you created a fan base and established a legacy. Like now would be the time for like your average guy. Like here's $20 tickets. Here's yeah. $50 tickets even. And you're still going to make your money off merch. Yep. You know how many people are going to? I buy a shirt at oh every God, fucking yeah. show. I spend at least $200 of merchandise at every fucking yep. show. I prepare for that. So my ticket price includes the extra $200 I'm spending in merch. Yep. So to just to go sit on the fucking lawn to listen to Vince Neil pretty much vomit on the stage <laughs> for $150 a piece? Come on, man. Like, come Shout on. the devil, brother. Yeah, like, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I guess to wrap this up, uh, like, what, what do we feel like? I would say just to say establish one band that you think should just cut it the fuck out and one band you give a stamp of approval up to continue now with like cutting out you mean like cutting out albums or cutting no out just everything? cut just stop stop just stop, stop releasing new music and stop using your namesake as a reason to sell ozzy stop the, yeah, everything i think yeah i mean you know like i hate to say it because i feel like our time with uh, the prince of darkness is coming to an end yeah but um, yeah, I think like it's enjoy time. Enjoy your for... golden years, man. Exactly. Just like go out dust. and play a like, show. You yeah, exactly. Or you something. don't need to stay relevant with the young crowd. If they're if they exactly. don't go fucking paranoid, if they don't know Diary of a Madman, yeah, if they if, don't know Blizzard if, of Oz, they're fuck them. Exactly. Fuck them. If they don't understand the 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 amount of work that he has put in over the yeah. past fucking almost fifty yeah. years. Then, like, if it takes people to it. say who's this guy on this Post Malone song, then they don't they, like. Their judgment sucks. Exactly. If you don't know Black Sabbath alone, yep, and Ozzy Osbourne's name, that's just you missed it. Exactly. You grew up in the wrong time, friend. And then, um, probably a band that I feel like can continue. Well, obviously it's Alice and Chains because yeah. they're they're continuing to do it. Yeah. But um, I don't know, man. Maybe um, maybe Stone Temple Pilots. And the only reasoning mm. is because they're still putting out new music. Mm. But if they were to change the name from Stone Temple Pilots to be like, well, I think it is Stone Temple Pilots with Jeff Gutt. It is still to STP, yeah. Yeah, but isn't it Stone Temple Pilots with Jeff Gutt? No. No, no like when I the new album released is just STP. Stone Temple Pilots. Fuck. Yeah. Like it's not like when they had uh, oh, what's Chester Bennington. Yeah, it's not like they didn't say with. Mm. Now he's like a band member. Yeah, I actually I feel like Stone Temple Pilots should fucking cut it out with using their name. Yeah, as like you I know, like, like do the same. Like I love like like not many people are familiar with Joy Division, but that was a perfect thing. The entire band yeah. stayed together. They just created a new namesake and released new music because they lost a prominent figure. Yeah, and it was totally fine. New Order's just as popular, like I said in that scene. All right, well, then fuck it. I'm gonna say Alice in Chains because that I mean the amount of work that they've been putting out with William Duvall is you know it's quality work yeah. and. It's actually good, and I don't feel like at this point in time they're running off the success of Facelift, Dirt, Jar yeah. Flies, and Self-Titled. I feel like they have a whole new, yeah. you know, discography to work themselves off of. Yeah. So yeah, Ozzy should just stop and cut it down or cut it out, and Alice in Chains can continue. Yeah, 
I mean, then again, I don't want anyone to think that I fucking am turning a new leaf and I hate Ozzy because that's yeah, it's not, not the even case. close to the case. Yeah, I think the big thing we need to establish here is like none of these artists that we're mentioning is like a dislike situation. It's just out of the respect for, you know, true fans, older fans, you know, fans of like the real work that they've done, like the yes. constant, like the artistic quality that we're getting today is just not worth the money. And it's kind of putting people in that weird position where they feel almost necessary like i have to buy these tickets i love yeah. this band like i said it's the same thing with product merchandising and these new iphones coming out you put people in this like you really play on their you know lack of control when it comes yeah, to like exactly like binge spending on things it's like come on let's be realistic here yeah um my two so i, li- I like the aussie one with being able to stop my my i'm gonna settle on stone temple pilots because i'm a huge scott wyland fan i think stone temple pilots Needs to stop really making new music. I think if they want to, they should continue. Like even if they add the with, you know what I mean, to yeah. their name. But as the name itself and touring under the name itself and charging ticket prices to say we're Stone Temple Pilots, I think that should just kind of like wrap itself up. The one, and we didn't mention this to continue, is Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers reuniting with John Frusciante. Yeah. I still am at the point where I would pay Red Hot Chili Pepper money to go see Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think they're one of those acts that continue to go out there, continue to entertain, continue to perform. So, yeah, like Josh Klinghoffer would being in it for that period of time. You know, they released an album. I think there's two albums. Yeah. So this is the thing with them. Again, they're another band that's kind of like over the hump with, you know, obviously like blood sugar sex magic and mother's milk in those times and even californication but red hot chili pepper on a bill i'm mm-hmm. still willing to pay a decent amount of money especially with the reunition sex because it's the same thing as guns and roses yeah like getting slash back together getting duff it sounds so fucking cool like yeah. oh i'm seeing guns and roses but the quality they're putting out it's just tough Absolutely. to keep that fucking up and red hot chili peppers like i'm at that position when i heard john join the band again yeah. I want a new album. Well, dude, honestly, because I mean, let's let's call it spade to spade. He made the band sound like it did. He, there I don't think there's other guitarist that is that um innovative in the sense of like creating a sound. Yes. Like you have a lot he of bands, like you know their tone, sound. you know their style, yep. but like his guitar ability just yeah, he that that's red hot chili peppers. Yeah, exactly. It's just a whole different, you know, world with him when he's in the band. And um yeah, yeah, that's a band. Like, if they release a new album, I'd probably buy it. Yeah. Depending on, obviously, I'd stream it first, but I'd probably buy it. And <laughs> I have if to they make tour, sure. Yeah, and if they tour, I, I'd probably pay $100 or lawn. Fuck yeah. Just because it's like, that's a band I want to see, and that's a band, like, when I've seen videos, they're still fucking out there. Yep. Like, Flea, Chad, you know, Anthony, like, they just, they're still out there. They yeah. still do it, you know? All right, well, that about wraps it up. Yeah. But let's let's take our review here because yeah. last week we suggested for you guys to check out the movie La Bamba. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, legacy artists and stuff, uh, you know, uh Richie Valens. Richie Valens. Jesus. I, I, I fucking just draw a Cuz I kept tra- I kept thinking like Richie Cotson. So yeah, Richie Valens, he unfortunately didn't have enough time. 8 months in a recording. Yeah, he, he didn't have enough time old. to be oh. a fucking legacy artist. Yeah, just artist. think about what he established, though, in eight months. Exactly. I mean. um, the movie here, uh, directed by Luis Valdez, 
it is the biography or biopic of Richie Valens and it basically chronicles from when he was, you know, working on, I, I guess it's like a little, uh, I don't want to say plantation because they weren't fucking slaves. Well, I mean, yeah, they worked on kind of like a fruit farm. I mean, they yeah, were but just, they lived there. Yeah. But anyways, it shows from there. It's like a commune. Yeah. Yeah. From there to, you know. His brother getting out of prison. His brother getting out of prison. Pretty getting much selling into, weed and getting him a house. And yeah. pretty much raping Richie Valens' you know, girlfriend. Well, he wanted, wanted to be girlfriend. Yeah. They never really did anything. Yep. And his brother starts <laughs> dating her. Kind of gets really fucking. His brother was scumbag, dude. Yeah, his brother was a Huge scumbag. Girl. Holy fuck. But um, <laughs> then it goes into his signing with the record label and obviously his. Yeah. Subsequent tour and everything that happens afterwards until his untimely death yeah, in the day, the, mu- and, the, day yeah. the music died. Yeah, if you're not familiar with that story, you probably don't listen to music. I'll be yeah. honest with you. You know, and it's crazy to think that there's probably a lot. Oh, speaking of which, there was a boxing match that happened a little while ago. Tyson and Fury. Yes. They were singing bye bye miss american pie at the end after the fight and there were people in the comments like that's the gayest song i ever heard what the fuck is that what when they fucking come up with this song who made this up like (laughs) and i'm just like holy fuck like there's there's literally people out there that just have it's it's weird because i you know what i mean like and it's not even to say that i'm ignorant to the new wave of mumble rap if that's what's cool today but it's like i'm at least understanding of it to open my horizons to exactly where did this come from it was just amazing. But um, the movie itself, Lou Diamond Phillips, man, I mean, because he, he was just big in the fucking 80s. He was yeah. just like one of those actors. But he was, was like he always was good, in, though. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was good. I think for like, it was a good 80s movie. Yeah. You know, especially when he's in school and he meets Donna and stuff. Yeah. You know, I just. This is just <laughs> and he was very movie. convincing as yeah. being a guitar player and singer. Yeah. Like, it was extremely convincing. However, I think the close-ups on his hands. Like, I was going to say, him. there were some moments where you got to see him do his leads. Yeah. And it wasn't his hand yeah, because, I mean, it was kind of accurate. The singing, you could tell, was obviously dubbed because it's, yeah. you know, a lot of technology back then just wasn't able to <laughs> make hit Lou Diamond Phillips sound that good. Yeah. And, like, you could tell by, like, the way he was singing. Every time he would sing, his mouth would be like, I know. Like, yeah, and it's, like, <laughs> not even that serious. Yeah. Dude. It's like, you're not yelling this. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was very good. Yeah, I thought the movie was incredible. I always yeah. thought there was like a weird thing between him and his mom in that movie, like like a flowers in the attic type weird, like a Oedipus complex. Like, yeah, like, fuck my mom type thing. Yeah, or like she wanted to fuck him. Like it was just weird because yeah. it's like, oh no, my Richie. Well, I, I mean, I just I think a lot of it too because you got to see how their brother got super jealous and like understanding yeah. like you care so much about him. I wanted to fuck mom. Yeah, you know. <laughs> But yeah, his brother was such a scum. He even said in like one of the scenes, like, I pretty much have to like rape her now because she doesn't want to even have sex with me. I'm like, dude, you're like, you're crossing a line here. Yeah, he's on friend. another level. Yeah, dude. dude. Um, a new level. But Rotten Tomatoes here, uh, the audience score, it's weird, 78%, whereas the critic score is 97%. IMDb gave it a 6.9 out of 10. That's strange. Yeah. What would you give it? Honestly, because. For its time, I'll give it a lot more credit because, you know, one of the movies we're going to actually this recommend here. This is like the first here. biopic. Yeah. And just because for that sake alone, I'll give it an eight. Yeah. I'll give it an eight be- just for the uh, just for the essence. Like, it's a must watch. Like, it's Absolutely. one of those movies that if you're a music it. fan in general, if you like the classics, 
this is one of those movies where I wish more were made about bands and artists around that time. Exactly. Like for its was like nineteen eighty three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely definitely recommend. It. So I'll give it an eight. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an eight too. Yeah. I mean, it's good. Like yeah. obviously, if it were done now, it'd be a lot. Different. Saying, it's not perfect. But back then, and you have to think, dude. Before this, there there was nothing to base this off of. Yeah. Like it's not like now where it's like, oh well. Just copy the Tupac format off the Notorious, you know, fucking format. Yeah. And let's put these together to make straight out of Compton yeah. or, you know, whatever. Like yeah. this was this was it. This was gathered stories and, you know, yeah. history and understanding. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of information as well surrounding that. I mean, just to even get the uh, story out there about when he flipped the coin. Um, and that really is what put him on the plane. Yeah. That coin toss. I mean, just. And it was good. Like I actually like when he was uh, the brother heard it on the radio, mm-hmm. and then uh, what's her face like told Donna. And yeah. like, I mean, it actually felt it. And I think the movie, the way it was done, it was like quick enough where you didn't like lose interest. Like there wasn't a lot of real exactly. drawn out moments. I mean, there were a couple scenes, but to really like get you to like appreciate his character and like yeah. his family life. But a lot of movies will have like a lot of drawn out scenes. It's mm-hmm. like, come on, dude. I thought I thought it was incredible. Yeah. Um, the reviews here from Variety. Um, is La Bamba's engrossing throughout and boasts numerous fine performances. Um, then Roger Ebert from the Chicago Sun-Times says, this is a sincere, well-acted movie about the short life of a minor rock and roll star, and by the time it's over, we almost have the feeling that Valens would have been surprised not to have died in a crash. What? Valens would have been... Surprised not to have died in a crash. Oh, I guess because his whole thing with the airplane. Yeah, just the uh, dreams he constantly had about him dying. And, you know, I read up on that. That was real. Yeah. Like, apparently, like, that shit was, yeah, like, 100% fear real. of flying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're at a, a middle ground of eight there. Yeah. Eight overall here at uh, RATMP. Yeah, I feel like that's I, I feel like that's fair. Yeah. I think below an 80s kind of doing it at injustice. I say like when I, cause it's very hard for me to say nine or 10 cause nine or 10 is almost like I could probably watch it over and over or it's like, I definitely own like a legacy version of it or something. And eight's like, watch, you got to watch it. Yeah. And it's worth a watch. Yep. You know, I think a seven's like, you can make your own idea of it, but you should still watch it. Six exactly. is like, I like it. It's okay. Probably not going to watch it again. And I probably won't recommend it to you. You know? Yeah. So an eight, I think, is great. Good, solid number there. Nice. So let's get into our suggestion of the week. My personal suggestion for this week is I jumped on YouTube and I texted you. I typed in the heaviest songs ever just to just to see. Mashuga wasn't cutting it for me that day. Cannibal Corpse wasn't cutting it for me that day. So I had to try to find something that was like ridiculously heavy. Okay. And I found the song, The Optimist, The Optimist from the band Skinless. Mm-hmm. That is my suggestion for this week. Good album to trample the week, Hurdle the Dead. Yeah, I thought, like, when I heard it, I was like, okay. Like, it's not like one of those things where it's, like, so fucking ridiculously yeah. heavy. It just sounds like nothing. It, like, really branches on the real deathcore side, but it doesn't totally. Yeah, but it's almost like, it's like, it has, like, all of, like, the extreme genres. Like, it's like, yeah. 
extreme, then it's grindcore, then it's deathcore, then it's death yeah. metal, then it's fucking doom yeah. metal. Like it's like it's a very everything. good album. Yeah, Skinless them themselves or discography is not that solid. I'm not a huge fan because they really started to cross the line like into a genre I'm not too fond of. But that album alone, and that song too. Yeah, that's a fucking excellent, excellent pick. I'm going to stay on par to recommend something for those. If you're not super familiar with fucking Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne, I'm recommending the 1972 release by Black Sabbath, Volume 4. Nice. The song Snowblind. Yeah, it's pretty much about cocaine. (laughs) Nice. Our group suggestion for this week, staying in the biopic realm, is to check out the James Mangold classic, Walk the Line. And for those of you that have not seen this phenomenon of a movie at the time that it came out, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon, this is the uh, movie that follows the early years in the career of the American music legend, Johnny Cash. Yep. Incredible movie. And... Tune in next week to hear our review of this. Yeah, this is um, yeah. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it next week, but this is one of my one of my favorites. Love this. There's movie. a couple other ones that are really really up there, but this one's definitely worth a watch. Perfect. 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 This is another one in the books. Like I say every episode here, you can catch us on our social medias: Facebook.com/slash RATM Podcast. Instagram and Twitter at RATM podcast. Or if you have a suggestion, you have a review, you want to review us, you have a band that you want to submit to us, you want us to play your music, or you want an interview, you can get us at RATM podcast at gmail.com. But until okay. then, this is Rage Against the Mainstream signing off. I'm Bill. I'm Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thanks for listening.